Hello, 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 and welcome to the Analytive Podcast. For those of you who are regular listeners, welcome back. For those of you just tuning in for the first time, this is the Analytive Podcast. And today on the show, I have a friend of mine, Chris Mullenberg. Chris and his wife, Ashley, are both real estate agents here in Northern Colorado. Their company, the Mullenberg Team, was founded in 2013 and are now in the top 3% in sales volume in the market here in Northern Colorado. When it comes to sales, Chris is one of the hardest workers that I know. He grew his business largely through cold calling, which we discuss in depth in this uh, interview, as well as through, through traditional relationship building. In this podcast, we discuss sales, taking a left turn into cold calling quite a bit, uh, as I mentioned earlier, and how to do it genuinely and be human while doing it rather than um, treating people just as leads. We also break down how Chris has replaced lead development with relationship development during the sales process within his business. If you work in sales, you might work in sales, you think you have an interest in sales, or you need to get better at sales because of your role wherever you are right now. This is an amazing conversation. I encourage you to take some copious notes. There's a lot of really good tactical advice in here on how to sell and how to start building relationships with people that will last in the long run. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Chris Mullenberg. Hey, Chris. Thanks a ton for coming on the Analytic Podcast today. I'm super excited to chat with you. Um, so for people who don't know, you are a real estate agent here in Fort Collins, where both of us are based. Yep. Um, and you do, uh, in our conversations, you talk a lot about sales and direct sales, and you're really, really good at that. You've built your whole company, right? Your whole uh, agency, I guess. Is that the correct term, real estate agency? Yeah, we're a team. So okay. the team is a term that gets thrown around a lot in real estate now. We're still at a brokerage. Okay. But we are our own corporation called a team. Cool. Yep. And you've built that largely through direct sales, cold calling. Yep. Um, so before we get into that, though, I want to start with a little bit of your background. So you have lived in a lot of different places. Talk to me about uh, the journey for you into real estate, sort of an abbreviated um, highlight of where how you ended up here today. You bet. It's It was a return to real estate, actually. I was the nerdy kid growing up in the Midwest, small town. My dad was in real estate, so I was around it as a kid. I actually, the other day, found an old business card that I made when I was like eight years old, just playing, being fun, and I created Chris Mullenberg Real Estate as like an eight-year-old. I was so nerdy, and I found that in a box at my dad's place not long ago, and it just brought me back to like, wow, this has been kind of a family thing. But I went away from real estate after University of Iowa, lived in Italy, so what did you study? Studied business, okay. double major economics and marketing. Um, kind of, my dad was still in real estate, but I was going down my own path at that point. I was really into travel, and I was going down actually outdoors industry. I was leading wilderness trips and rock climbing and all this this stuff. Um, when I came back to the states, I was like, you know, I love the outdoor industry, but I'm eating a lot of rice and beans. And mm. how can I build a company? Uh, and it's still a passion of mine to someday start the outdoor company again. But real estate was a natural fit because you can really create your own destiny. It's like, what do you want to make of this? you want to create a lifestyle that you work 20 to 30 hours a week? Or do you want to build a corporation and a team? So loved all the different paths uh, available and just dove in. So 
in my short, I guess, seven-year real estate career, uh, I've built two teams, one in Washington State for two years, and now we've been in Colorado for five. So in both instances, I moved to a town, didn't know a single soul. So therein lies why I had to cold call. I didn't know anybody. Right. So I just dove in, started knocking on doors and meeting people uh, as fast as I could. That's how we built it. Cool. So uh, after a detour, if you will, through Italy, you ended up in Washington. And is that where you really dug in first to real estate? It was, yeah. Um, Post-Italy, my wife and I and girlfriend at the time, now wife and team member, she's she's on the real estate team. We run it together. Uh, We lived in the back of a truck. We were like the gypsy uh, hippies uh, rolling around the Western U.S. And uh, we were really in the back of our minds looking for a place where could we see ourselves living? I mean, we'd both been kind of living out of backpacks for a couple of years. And it was like, okay, what place other than Colorado is really cool? And mm-hmm. Washington grabbed us. A really cool state. And we found a sunny part of Washington. Wow, those are hard to come by. Yeah, Central Wash uh, in Wenatchee, of all places. Uh, and we just said, you know, we're at a point. We're young, early 20s. It was like we could be baristas or wait tables or whatever. We don't know that we're going to be here forever. But the idea of real estate came back into my mind. It was like, hey, you know, get your license and start selling. I mean, you can probably make more than serving tables and uh, it'll build your professional career and let's just see where it goes. Mm -hmm. And then it it took off from there. So, yeah. So what was the, you know, reaching back, what was the thought process like? So you see the opportunity in real estate, but actually had you done a lot of sales? I mean, even as a kid, you saw your dad doing it. Is that something that you knew about or did you just start and sort of learn as you went? Like what, what was the thing that kind of, you know, with that first day when you're like, I'm going to do this, I'm going to get my license. What, what did that look like as you started building the company? Great question. Um, it really, it was cool. Cause it was the seeds that were planted when I was like a teenager, when I was really starting to through osmosis, see my dad build a business, see how it kind of went down, but I was never directly involved. You know, I wasn't out selling or doing anything like that. Um, I've always been good with people. It's always been uh, my passion is, is working with folks, educating, uh, just building relationships. And it's funny, the book, if anyone's ever heard of it, even if you're not into real estate or going down the career path, the millionaire real estate agent, it's okay. the number one selling real estate book ever written by Gary Keller, the founder of our company at Keller Williams. It's a business model book. So literally, it's a roadmap to, you know, Gary Keller interviewed over seven years, hundreds and hundreds of top producers Hmm. that had grown these teams and and companies. And he just boiled it down to, hey, here's the common denominator of how these guys and gals grew these businesses. So that came back to my mind. I read it when I was 16. Okay. So I just busted the book back out and just said, okay, well, here's the roadmap. You know, it says if I talk to 20 people a day, five days a week, right, and I do these things, I'll grow a business. And, you know, hey, potentially, great, become a millionaire someday. That wasn't really the goal, but right, it's a business model book. So uh, I, I encourage everyone to read it. I, I know folks in all industries that go back to that book because it's just nice, simple models of how to go about generating leads, how to go about building your organization, and really the numbers and roadmap behind building a business. Hmm. I've uh, not read that one. I have on my shelf, and it's been a long time since I opened it, The Millionaire Real Estate Investor, which is another one that he Another did. great one. Yeah, but yeah. I've not done the uh, read the agent one. So you pick up this book, you and unlike a lot of people who read books, you actually decide to implement the things <laughs> yeah, that yeah. are that are listed. And so then one of those then was 
outreach and, and cold calling and just sales. So yep. t- how did you, I mean, what, uh, did you write a script beforehand? What did you start doing? I studied a few scripts and well, I think we should touch on scripts uh, later in the conversation because okay. it's a real thing in sales, no matter what your industry. And, you know, scripts has a stigma of like, oh my gosh, it feels robotic and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did, I, I studied a few basic scripts. Um, but the cool part was what I proved to myself. And if I was encouraging another person who needs to go out and sell, it's not really all about what you say. And you got to say this exact right script. It's mm-hmm. literally just time on task. I mean, do you go out and have 20 conversations a day, for instance? I mean, that was my number. So it was really just the hustle part that got me going of cool. At the beginning, I probably fumbled and said not the right thing and missed a couple of sales, but you learn pretty darn fast. You know, right. when you're out there just knocking on doors or picking up the phone. Um, so it was really just a matter of numbers game and hustle to see what worked. Mm-hmm. And then you, so you were there for a couple of years, picked up, moved to Fort Collins, yep. started back from basically square zero. Yep. Yep. Um, square zero. But by that point you had not only, you had the book, you had then two years of experience actually doing this, of building a team out there. Yep. Uh, what was different the second time you started? Um, I mean, did you approach it differently after you'd had that two years of learning? But differently, but the same. It was kind of like I I had the confidence of, wow, I built this thing in Washington in two years. We really wanted to be in Colorado, so we found out closer to home, back in Iowa and all those things. So I came in probably with more confidence of just, wow, I know if I jump off this cliff, you know, I have grown wings before. I did it last time. So that helped a lot. Mm-hmm. Just proving it to yourself that, hey, if I get out there and hustle and just do my daily activities, I can grow a business right. pretty darn quickly. So... The confidence helped, and of course, yeah, uh, going through hundreds and hundreds of, you know, generating leads and things like that just gives you the, I was, I was a more polished, I guess, salesperson, if you will, and I picked up leverage, the idea of leverage, meaning growing a team, uh, I committed to it a lot faster the second time mm-hmm. around, and that's kind of like when I talk to anyone who's grown a business, and I say, like, what was one thing you would change? if you took yourself back to starting over and almost every one of them says I would have leveraged and grown faster, mm-hmm. right. Outside of just myself. Right. Uh, I would have added great people around me and great tools to leverage my time. So that's what I got into faster. The second time was really looking for those talented folks to be on the team and, and we can grow together. Yeah. And I've met a handful of your team and yep. everyone's been really, really cool and amazing yep. team. So You're very fortunate in that way. And I, I feel the same way about, Analytive. I mean, when I started growing, it was, you know, a freelancer, like, oh, I could do marketing, you know, sort of a generalist. But it, you know, when you start, whether it's contractors, employees, team members, um, software to make things easier, um, you could just do so much more, you know. And we just even had like a key employee out on maternity leave for a couple of months. And so when she came back, it was like, oh my gosh, I feel like I have so much more leverage now. It's not the chaos that it was. And it allows me to focus on growing the business and doing the things that I care about. Yeah, and any of us that are talented, right, or like have any hustle at all, we we're we're often control freaks too, right? Yes. I mean, that's like we're entrepreneurs, we're control freaks. It's like the scariest thing to give any piece of your business away. You think you can do it the best, mm-hmm. so you you kind of have to like let go of the ego, mm-hmm. and you got to commit to, hey, it's really it's actually more selfish to try to just be a solopreneur and just keep it all tight because. Mm-hmm down the road, you won't be as available to your friends and family, right? Right. Uh, you, you won't be able to impact as many lives, honestly. I mean, 
how cool is that if you can build even a small uh, rocking organization where everybody's living their dream life because yeah. they're in your world, you know, on your train that you've started. So getting like the passion around, you know, expanding your mind around the growth through other people mm -hmm. was a huge breakthrough for me. I mean, we're still learning that every day. You know, right. you still got to fight the control freak in you. Like it's still there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then also, you know, you're in, in real estate, myself and marketing too. You're also in a way not fighting against clients as much too strong, but clients are also demanding time. You bet. Um, and so there's also that balance of, you know, when do I need to be involved? When do I not need to be involved in learning to, to let go of that? Um, but then within your organization, I mean, you're as sort of the founder and the main agent, you're the top producer. Yep. So then from a, a, a sales standpoint, right? So you, you come back here, you start out, you, you know, are looking for a team, but in the meantime, you're cold calling, you're hustling. So what, for somebody who's never done this, and let's just focus on real estate because that's what you know, but sure. I think the principles will apply to almost any industry, yep. right? If you um, are at the point in a new business where you need to get in touch with your clients, whatever that looks like, yep. and you, the phone is a tool to do it. How do you get started? I mean, what, what is the, the steps to, to move forward with that? Yeah, the step one is identifying the who, right? That you, you don't have a plan if you don't know who the target is mm -hmm. or what it looks like. So, you know, we could look at probably every industry and get ratios as to like how many of this type of person do I need to talk to to find a potential lead, Right. Like in real estate, they track these things. So I know if I just go door to door to door or white pages, just mm -hmm. go down the list and start calling people, you know, I'm probably going to have to talk to close to 50 people randomly to identify, connect with and, oh, you might be buying or selling and I might be able to help you. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of like the shotgun approach, which can work. I mean, people have grown businesses that way left and right. I really like zeroing in, though, more. How can I find a category of people that, hey, it only takes me talking to 10 of them or five of them to find a bona fide lead, right? Mm -hmm. So in our world, it's like, okay, who is wanting to sell real estate? Okay, there's people out there for sale by owner, right, on sites like Zillow and others. Um, there's folks that had their home for sale on the market and it didn't sell. And they pulled it off the market. Okay, you know they probably still want to sell, right? So I've identified the who and really got detail around, whoa, these folks, I might only have to talk to five or ten of them before I get an appointment right? rather than just going down the white pages. Mm -hmm. So in real estate and in every industry, there's probably 12 different ways to uh, make it happen, right? I know people in real estate that literally do the random approach, just go door to door to door, mm -hmm. and they have a great business. Right. Right. They just do enough of it. Mm -hmm. It's just more volume. Right. Yeah. And I think people who maybe push back against cold calling a lot of times among many reasons that people hate it is because you're doing a much more targeted approach. You know that people are at least broadly or at one point recently were in in the market, in this case, the seller side of the market. Mm -hmm. Um for uh, for a lot of folks, you know, we get just the the robocalls or just things that aren't personalized, aren't yep. um, even something we're in the market for right now. You know, like even, you know, we're in the season, October 2019 here of insurance. I mean, I get 50 right. calls a day, you know, robocalls about like, do you need health insurance? Like, yep. no, thanks. We're already good. Yep. Um, so I think identifying the who, right, first step. So then once you've, you've made that list, you put it in Excel or your CRM or whatever you're doing. Yep. Um, then what's the next step when you go out to approach these folks? Yeah, for me, it's having my script. 
I mean, that's everything. I mean, you, you're going to be shaking in your boots if you have no clue what you're going to say if you call or knock and go, you know, after these folks. So I know exactly the couple of questions I need to ask, and it really applies to anyone thinking about real estate, right? If you're thinking about buying, I've got two to three clarifying questions that kind of help me funnel mm-hmm. how to talk with you and how can I best help you. And same with sellers. I've got two to three funneling questions that gets them talking, right? And that's the whole goal of if I'm going to call is get them telling me about what their goals and dreams are, right? I, have you ever gotten cold called? Maybe it is a human mm-hmm. and they, they just go, they start rambling, right? right? And you're sitting there like 60 seconds into the thing and you haven't said anything other than hello. Right. And you're kind of like, and I always think about that because I'm a cold call phone sales guy. Right. I'm always kind of analyzing, what are they trying to sell me? You know, like, how would I do this differently? Mm-hmm. Right. And my whole goal is to really break the ice, let let people know if we're on the phone, hey, I'm just a human. In, in real estate, luckily, it's a lot of local, right? Mm-hmm. So, hey, I'm a local person, not a hard salesperson. I, I get that out of the gate right up front. Hey, I'm not here to sell you anything you don't need. Mm-hmm. I'm just here to, you know, I'm going to ask you a few questions. Hey, if you did sell your house, where are you heading to? Right. Just some real easy questions that kind of let their guard down, you know, and that at least gets them talking. Mm-hmm. And after 30 seconds of talking, usually your guard is down. You're like, yeah. okay, I'm at least invested in this conversation enough to, okay, Tyler, you're calling me. What's up? Like now right. we're chatting. Mm-hmm. So really it's the script. And now I'm at a point that I could, ask these questions in my sleep almost, right? But Right. You've internalized the script. It's no yeah. longer you're reading off of something. Yeah, right? yeah. And what's cool about scripts, and that was a mind shift for me, you know, I resisted scripts just like a lot of entrepreneurs do, right? We know how to do it. We can just wing it. Mm-hmm. I kind of resisted them because they. I'm like, oh, it must be robotic if you're saying a script. Right. Really, all scripts are, I've learned, is a series of questions. Literally, that's all it is. You're just going to ask these couple of three questions that helps you identify how you can help this person potentially. Gotcha. You're not going for the hard close. You're not trying to sell them right there in a three-minute phone call. Mm-hmm. You're just simply trying to build enough of a relationship. And that's the the other mind shift was, have you ever heard the term lead generation? Yeah. Oh, I got to lead generate. Mm-hmm. Who's lead generating for your business? Well, I turned that around and just said, it's relationship generation. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. And that mind shift for me just took all the pressure off of calling anybody. It's like, hey, I'm just here to ask you a few questions, get to know you, where you're heading in life, what, what are your goals? I'm here to build a mini relationship mm-hmm. to see if, hey, can we get together for 10 minutes? Right. Right, because that's the ultimate goal of the conversation. Yeah. It's not to close them. Right, you're not going to close someone on a 10-minute call, typically, when they don't know anything about you. Exactly. So what do you say in, because um, again, you're talking about people having their guard up, right? Yep. So everyone, when they pick up the phone, it's a number they don't know, whether it's a cell phone, home, landline, whatever, mm. they have their guard up, right? Right. Because um, we all get robocalls, spam calls. What do you say in those first, you know, five, 10 seconds to um, give you an opportunity to move forward in the conversation? You bet. I'm trying to get the guard down. Just let them know I'm a human. Um, get real conversational. And that's the other internalized thing. Like, if you're nervous and awkward, they can hear it. Right. Even if it's subconscious, right? Their guard is up. Like, who is this? You know, they don't know what they're saying. Right. What are they really getting at? It's like, hey, Tyler, Chris Mullenberg here, Mullenberg Real Estate Team in Fort Collins. Like, if Mm -hmm. I know, for instance, you're a Fort Collins homeowner. Right. Then I'm getting that right out of the gate. Hey, I'm a local guy, Fort Collins. How are you doing today? Mm -hmm. 
Okay, good. Okay, just you're starting to just be real friendly. And then, like I said, my first question is an easy one, just to kind of get them warmed up. Like, hey, if you sold your house, so curious, just curious, where are you heading to? Yeah. You know, a real, real easy question. So talk about that bridge. So, you know, you, how are you doing today? Okay, I'm fine. My guard's still up. Yep. And then um, where do you, you go from there, right? Do you say like, hey, I saw, saw recently you had your home on the market. Are you using that information? Or are you just like, oh, if you, because that's a big jump, right? Oh, if you sold your house, I'm like, uh, you know, that's kind of out of left field. You bet. So what's your, what's your bridge right there? Yeah, so great question because what I've found, and this is true of in person or on the phone, if somebody walks into, say, an open house and mm-hmm. I have an opportunity in 30 seconds to try to cross this bridge, mm-hmm. I get right to the point of why I'm calling. And it's kind of like it's not hard sales, mm-hmm. but it's direct. Right. Right. They know if you're dancing around the question, if you will, as to like, okay, hey, why are you really calling me? Mm-hmm. They know you're dancing around. So it puts them at ease when you just get the elephant out in the room, right? And just say, Tyler, I'm calling you because I saw you had your house for sale last year and it didn't sell. Right. I'm, I was just curious, you know, what do you think if you could get your home sold, would it be worth talking about? Right. Just get it right out front. And because I see a lot of sales folks kind of fumble around the ask or at least just get to the point. Mm-hmm. And I love it in person too. Like if somebody walks into an open house, I'm that guy that right up front, hey, are you working with an agent? Awesome. You're out hunting. Well, I'd love to interview for the job. Right. You know, just get it out there. Right. Because then they they know you're not just going to dance around and make it awkward for five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that also then builds trust, you know, right. because you know when somebody calls, calls you, there's always uh, an angle. There's always a reason, right? Nobody just picks up the phone that you don't already know to be like, right. hi, I want a new friend today. <laughs> like, you know, as much as maybe we give off that perception, nobody buys that. Right. right. So you as a real estate agent, even by just saying that, it's like I can now evaluate um, am I interested in selling still? Maybe life situation changed. And I'm not like, Hey, thanks, but no thanks. Yep. Or it's like, yeah, I was really frustrated because our agent sucked or whatever. Yep. Um, I'd actually be willing to have a conversation about this. So that puts the ball back in as a consumer, right. Or yep. as a, a customer client, right. My, my court. And it, it, you're right. It shows, it shows your cards in a good way. And that whether consciously or subconsciously lets them, you're right, start to build that trust. Like, okay, there's no hidden agenda here. Right. The agenda is on the table. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a straightforward person that does bring value. If in fact, you're still looking for this value and you could use it, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it gives them a chance to say, no, you don't waste any more of their time than you have to. Because that's the other thing is you hate when people waste your time. Exactly. Right. Because everyone's busy. They're having dinner with family, whatever's happening. Yep. And that's, that's another thing too, is at least in our world, right? If I am calling you, your home was on the market or it's currently by owner, you know, you're going to get multiple calls from multiple agents. Right. Right. So I get that right out front too. Hey, I know you're getting a ton of calls from realtors, mm-hmm. Tyler. And, and I appreciate that. It's just part of the, the gig. You know, what I will promise you up front is I'm not that guy, you know, that's just going to like call and say, oh, well, we can sell your house for 10% more and, you know, all kind of the BS, you know, right. little salesy stuff that people throw at them. Mm-hmm. I get that out right up front. And that also, it's kind of the reverse selling. Right. It's like, hey, I am telling you I'm not going to sell you mm-hmm. unless you really want what is of value. Right. You know? And so then when you um, you move into that conversation then, um how does you, uh, based on what you've said, a lot of it's just asking those questions and getting mm-hmm. them to talk them rather talk. than you 
presenting what you want. So then, so you start asking them about their home, about their goals and ambitions. And when do you find that people really begin to soften up and be more willing to, um, I guess, have that conversation with you? It's really, it's when I make the, the ask, because the ask is typically the third or fourth question mm-hmm. in it's like, first question. Great. Who, who are you? What's your goal? Uh, where are you heading to? Mm-hmm. Get them thinking about the end result, whatever the end result is. If you're making a sales call and you're going to mark your, your pitch in marketing eventually, right. it's like, hey, what are you currently doing to grow your sales business, right? Mm-hmm. Start getting them down the path of thinking about the end result, Yeah. right? And then that kind of softens them up because it starts to get their, it engages both their analytical brain and their emotional brain of like, Right. Ooh, yeah, there is this emotional payoff mm-hmm. of getting my house sold and getting moved to Washington where I, my family is or right. growing my sales by 20%. So, yes, we have been thinking about marketing. Mm-hmm. So get them going down that path. And then by the time I get down to the question, again, the elephant's out of the on the table. Mm-hmm. And I do kind of the reverse ask. So I don't know if you've ever heard of this. This is like my only what I would call salesy thing. It's like, Tyler, if there was a scenario that we could get your household and you can get to Washington, you know, mm-hmm. by Christmas. Right. Would you be opposed to talking about that? Gotcha. I'm asking them to say no. Okay. Do you get that? Right. Are you opposed? Would you be opposed? Mm-hmm. So they have to say no to say yes. Okay. Right. So like psychologically the brain says no, whatever, like 12 times more than it says yes in a day. Right. Uh, internally and externally. Mm-hmm. So you just tee them up on a real soft, would you be opposed to talking about it? You know, right. I'm not, I'm not asking for the sale. I'm not asking for, I'm just, would you be opposed for just talking about it? Right. And so what you're asking, so you're selling first a conversation. Yep. And before you go for the close. hundred percent. Right. Yep. Which is all, what everyone's going to do anyway, that we just maybe don't ask for. It's like, oh, would you be interested in doing business with us? And it's right. like, whoa, that's a big commitment here. Exactly. Right. They, they go like, for the, the home run. Right. And it just blows people over. Mm-hmm. And then you get the nose and then, and then that's where it starts going down the path of sales, kind of the old school, mm-hmm. you know, Glenn, Gary Ross, or like get through seven nose, you know? Right. And eventually they're just going to hang up on yeah, you it's and, just, it and then you, build. you're that guy, especially in a small community. Yes. Yes. You become the hard sales guy or, yep. you know, if you're in New York city or LA, you know, millions of properties, it's, right. it's different. Right. And that's, we are blessed to be in a local type of business where I could actually come over to your house or we could meet at the coffee shop. Mm-hmm. That is my whole point of the phone call. Yeah. It's not to close you. It's not to tell you my whole marketing plan. It's nothing like that. It's, mm-hmm. would you be opposed to a 10 minute conversation? I'd swing by your place, you know, is Tuesday or uh, Wednesday better for you? So luckily we get to just make that whole phone call. Mm-hmm. The whole goal is to get in person. Right. Cause then, you know, you can build the relationship further. Mm-hmm. And statistically speaking, I mean, if you want to get into the numbers, you're way over halfway there mm-hmm. if they commit to a, an in-person, even a 10-minuter. Right. Right. So I'm thinking my wheels are turning for your audience that's like maybe in an industry that they don't have the opportunity to just swing on by or right. I'll come see you. You know, yeah. what is that version for them of, hey, it's a soft commit. Would you be open to just a 10-minute phone call yeah. or a five-minute phone call, right? It's mm-hmm. going to run over five. Sure. But I always just say, hey, a ten, I'll pop by for 10 minutes. Right. You know, I, I, have you ever gotten those calls where I get them sometimes? They're like, well, honestly, all I'm asking for is just 30 minutes to sit down. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. No, I'm busy. Like, I don't, I don't know you well enough. Like, right. 
Five minutes. I'm asking for five minutes. Yeah, and then if it's interesting, people are gonna gonna dig deeper. I had a, a cold call. I don't even remember what it was, but same sort of thing where I'm like, you know, I don't usually answer, but this particular one I answered. Yep. And was like, okay, you know, and they started on their spiel, and I'm like, I don't really know what you're saying. You know, I, I thirty seconds, like, tell me what you want. <laughs> tell me, you know, what what the outcome that you're trying to get is, and then we'll figure out whether we want to. And they just, I don't know if they were glued to a script, but they could not. They couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. You know, it's <laughs> like, ah, uh, like, what do I do? You know, they were getting nervous. I'm like, all I'm asking you is to tell me what you want and what you're doing. Exactly, and that's. You you were being funny because your your brain works that way, mm-hmm. and you're like, okay, I'll give this person an opportunity. But whether people know they're doing it or not, they they might knock you off your script track, right? And that's where like, as you get really good at it, mm-hmm. it's just cool. You, I'm not going down the rabbit path. I'm sorry, right? Where that? Well, tell me what is your pricing? Well, what is this? Well, what is it? Well, those are all great questions that we could cover, you know, when we get together for ten minutes, right? Let's get back to the point, okay? Right. I'm gonna ask my next question. Sure. Yep. Yeah. And I think for a lot of what we do is uh, direct marketing, which is where you are asking for, um, you know, whatever the term, lead gen, fill out a form, give a phone call. Yep. Um, that's what we, we really hang our hat on. We're not doing branding and, and a lot of those, you know, big, I guess, I'll call them softer, right? Yep. Softer pieces, which are still valuable, yep. but that's not where we focus. And what I find is the, you know, a lot of the the sales copy, um, we're working with the client now. And I mean, the sales copy they write is, you know, like wet cardboard. I mean, it's just so boring. So not interesting, doesn't solve the problem. And it's always about, um, you know, figuring out how to translate what you're doing into marketing parlance, right? Or virtually, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm willing to fill out a form. Maybe I'm not, but could I chat with somebody? Could I call somebody like, what is the commitment I'm also getting into? You know, even in this conversation, currently on our website, we say, oh yeah, get a proposal here. And I'm like, maybe that's much too big of an ask. Right. Right. For someone to do like, oh my gosh, I need a proposal. Like what if I change call to actions to conversation or a phone call or you right. know, something along those lines? Because the truth is when they fill out the form, we're going to call them anyway because we have no real idea what they want. No, exactly. And that's, that's a good ask of, hey, uh, click the button for a five-minute analysis of your business or mm-hmm. an analysis of your marketing ROI potential, right? Just something. Yeah. I, and that's what I'll tell people. Hey, Tyler, you had your home for sale last year. There's only three components to selling a home. I can tell you in five minutes, a swinging over to your house, why your home didn't sell. Mm. Would you be curious? Yeah. To know that. Right. And then at least you'll know, hey, I know for a fact this guy that's not BSing me is going to tell me just what I need to know. Right. Right. It's an easy, and maybe that's a, that's a good thought on your end of anyone making a call to action. Mm-hmm. Try to make it as low a barrier as possible. Right. Right. Just, hey, five minute free coaching console on your marketing plan. Mm-hmm. Or we'll evaluate where the holes are, where you could improve. Free, free, free. Right. Try to just give. Right. And, and actually provide real benefit. And I yep. think there are so many people in the industry who offer free, but it, you know, it does come with a hook or it's not valuable. I mean, right. one of the things I see in marketing is, especially because we do a lot in the B2B space, um, you know, a lot of white papers or downloads things, but they end up being highly self-serving and not really valuable. Um, and providing a lot of value up front builds that trust, you yep. know. Um, so for you, it's like, okay, there's three reasons why. It's either one of three or maybe multiple ones of those yep. those three. Yep. Um, so then the other thing that happens, so you, you're you on the phone with people. A lot of them either have a real estate agent they've worked with in the past mm-hmm. or are being called by other agents who are adopting a similar strategy to you. Yep. If you get pushback on the, 
you know, like, well, why are you different or what's unique or what, how do you respond to that in sort of, you know, without going deep into the weeds of like, oh, well, let me tell you all about the special offers that we provide and things like that. You bet. And you're right. You want to save. I hear a lot of agents try to sell on the phone, right? It's like, well, I'm going to tell you my marketing plan, why I'm awesome and blah, 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 and they kind of spew and it doesn't really make impact. So I'll give them a little nugget, but then say, sounds like you've got questions. Let's chat about it when we get together at mm-hmm. our at our 10-minute meeting. Um, so, I mean, like my go-to joke, if you will, but it's very true in real estate is like, hey, Tyler, you know, most agents will give you the three Ps of real estate. Do you know the three Ps? Um, price, what, property, I don't know. Place? Good guesses. Yeah. You know, most agents will put a sign in your yard, mm-hmm. they'll place your home on the MLS, mm-hmm. and then they'll pray that it sells. Right. Right. Those are the three Ps. Mm-hmm. Well, every day we bring the fourth P, which is proaction. We are literally the top team in town for proacting to get your home sold. Hmm. Like literally, I'm going to go out and knock 100 doors in your neighborhood to try to find a buyer Right. from a neighbor, right? Or I'm literally going to call the 50 top agents that have sold in your neighborhood recently to see if they might have a buyer for your home. Mm-hmm. We're taking these proactive steps. Does that sound like something your previous agent did? Yeah, and chances are probably chances not. Chances are no. Yeah, because right. we know our industry, and it's like a lot, you know, a lot of agents are just doing the three Ps. Mm-hmm. So you you position then your unique selling, because you got to have, right, that unique selling proposition. So for you, it's we are we work harder, effectively. We will outwork anyone else in the industry. Yeah, and, and I'm able to outwork other mm-hmm. agents because I built the team. And I tell right. them that I specifically designed my team for this reason. Mm-hmm. My entire job on the team is to find a buyer for your house. Right. That is my specialty. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing the paperwork. I'm not doing the marketing. I'm not showing buyers every house. My whole job every day is to find your buyer. Yeah. So if you'd like to learn more, let's talk. Would yeah. you be opposed to talking about how that could work for you? So, you know, and it, it's kind of like you use your, you can use some of your strengths as like a, you can kind of poo-poo them because I know kind of what the other agents might be saying. Is like, I'll say, hey, you know, Tyler, every agent can get you on the internet nowadays. Right. If somebody's pitching you, oh man, we're on all these websites, great. So is every other agent. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are on 750 websites. We do spend $3,000 a month in marketing your listing. Mm-hmm. We do all these things. But here is where we separate. Mm. It's shoe leather. It's knocking on doors. It's calling the 1,000 people in our own database, right? It's just taking that extra step further to proactively sell. And most people get this when I say it. I say, hey, in today's tech world, people-to-people marketing is a lost art. Right. Right? Everyone just thinks you can throw something online mm-hmm. and it sells or flies come to the fly trap. Right. Not true. You know, we're out there actually meeting face-to-face, asking people where the buyer might be for your house. Hmm. Yeah. And it's true because and as someone in online marketing, I can see both sides of it, right? Like there's not a better tool to get exposure right now than online, yep. but s- fewer deals are being closed online. Right. right. Nobody wants to just buy it like, oh, yeah, perfect. I found it on Zillow or Redfin and I'm going to wire a check for 400. Like that just almost never happens. You know, it's always going to be that that face to face relationship. And I think that's why the shift should be for some industries is make the close a meeting or make the close 
a phone call or a Zoom call or, mm-hmm. you know, don't make the close the close. Right. Right? Get get to be, if 10 people are in your industry are prospecting this one person, mm-hmm. be the one out of 10 that's like, hey, I'll drive over to your office and get to know you. Right. Or I'll be the one to fire up a Zoom call mm-hmm. and actually, you know, let's, let's just chat. Let's just get to know each other. Yeah. And then you'll you'll be that human in their brain. Right. While these other folks are just kind of, I don't know, just people calling. Right. They got a random email or a gold call or something like that. Yeah. Right. No, this is really helpful because there's so much of this that I'm learning. Because I didn't come up in, you know, a family that did sales, Mm -hmm. you know, and I always, until I started my own business, had a very negative perception of of sales, right? It's not service oriented as much as, yeah, it's those people who just harass you until you buy or like, you know, almost like a a phobia of like, you know, don't go to the auto dealership. Like don't talk to a salesperson unless you absolutely have to, you know? Um, and, but once I started my business, you realize that good sales is so valuable, not because yes, it just generates revenue, but you're actually providing a service that people need and want. Mm -hmm. And if you truly believe in whatever that product or service is that you're offering in your case, the ability to sell someone's house in our case, the ability to get leads, to get revenue, um, to get, um, you know, at least attention, right. To a business. That's something then that I, I love helping small businesses do. I'm like, no, you're, you're doing it wrong. Like we can provide massive value. Um, and it's very rewarding. Totally. I think sales in, in American society has gotten this stigma, right? It's always these car salesmen. Mm-hmm. And that's why I changed lead generation to relationship generation in my mm-hmm. brain. And yeah. that's, that's our language on our team is, hey, we're out here to build relationships. Yeah. Even if it's a two-minute phone call, I'm going to build a mini relationship with you that you know I'm a human. You know I'm not here to sell you something you don't need. I'm mm-hmm. not going to hard close you. And I'm coming at it from an educational you know, consultative approach. Right. And I heard um, a guy named Adam Robinson, who's an investor, but he talks about uh, the same sort of thing. But um, what he tries to do is create what he calls, and this is maybe an extreme example, but along that point, magic and miracles in in every interaction, right? Mm -hmm. If you actually are not focused on getting the deal, like what can I get out of this? But how do I delight that person? How do I make their day? How do I help them with whatever problem is facing them? Then you're almost inevitably going to close the deal or close more deals because you're focused on the other versus what you want out of the deal. Exactly. I mean, the recent podcast I heard called that reverse selling, mm. right? You're, you're actually attempting not to close them. Right. You're literally, your whole goal is what can I provide you? Uh, what can I give you? How can I just help, help, help? Mm-hmm. And I've detached myself from the, the close. Yeah. That's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. If you reach a point that you say, you know what? Yeah, we do need this. Uh, well, duh, who am I going to call? It's Tyler. Like he's the yeah. one that's just been there the whole time providing value. Yeah. yeah. And so maybe we could talk more about even the mental detachment from the close, because I think a lot of people, when they cold call, it's like, okay, we got to get a close. So it's like, no, 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 no. And then, you know, you get the one yes, but you know, in school we're used to getting high marks, right? Oh, like, uh, right. anything less than a 90 is, <laughs> you know, uh, not an A, not good. Right. Whereas in sales, I mean, one in 10 might be a great yep. thing to actually make happen. So how, do you, how did you go about just mentally detaching the outcome from the process? Yeah. Well, first, you got to cry a lot. Okay. <laughs> when you're just sitting in your own office. Yeah. Uh, with the door closed. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, I'll be honest. Like, there's probably personality types that just, they would just get too beat up. I mean, just a few days of... Only getting one out of 10 or one out of 20 is just too hard. And, mm-hmm. and that's okay to really be, be honest with yourself. And if you are in an organization, find those people that are wired for sales mm-hmm. um, that can take it. 
Because you got to go through those. You got to go through those no's. What what I've found the most comfort in is, it sounds cliche, but it's a numbers game. Mm-hmm. And that sounds black and white and, you know, impersonal, but it's how I make it comfortable because I've just already detached from the fact that nine of you are going to say no. Right. I already know that going in. That's okay. Let's just hurry up and get there mm-hmm. if you are a no. Right. Hey, Tyler just tells me that, hey, your cousin's a realtor and they're awesome and you're definitely going to work with them. Awesome. I respect that 100%. Well, good luck to you. We're here if you ever need us. Right. Bye-bye. Okay. So it really becomes the detachment from the no. It's okay. Just expect that nine are going to say no. Mm-hmm. You're looking for the one. Right. And just get really excited about the one because that means that the timing was right. They were open. You communicated the right things. Mm-hmm. And you can go from there. And that's why I said 20 conversations a day, right? There's metrics in our business, and there's probably every industry. Mm-hmm. If you have X number of conversations, mm-hmm. it'll lead to X number of, okay, appointments or follow-ups or whatever. Yeah. And you can really have a formula for your business to know, okay, I can project my revenue Mm-hmm. If I just do the activity, right, right, detach from the end of the funnel, mm. focus on the the start of the funnel, because right. that's really what you can control. Mm-hmm. And over time, sure, you can sharpen your axe and right. get better at your scripts over time. But you yeah, know, you I, can improve a couple percentage points here. Yeah, you can start yeah. to improve the process. But like I always use the analogy, like I would way rather take a brand new salesperson doesn't know anything from anything, but is willing to go talk to a hundred people today. Mm-hmm. than this like really highly skilled person who's going to talk to 10. Right. You know, it's just a numbers game. You can take comfort in that mm-hmm. if you just do the activity, which is where most businesses miss yeah. the mark. Right. Right. They either don't have the accountability system set up or whatever have you to just have the conversations. Mm-hmm. It will work. Yeah. So then let's talk about scaling that, right? So because, you know, that can get you, you know, to – in real estate, anywhere from, you know, a few hundred thousand, half a million, maybe even a million dollars a year, you know, if it's a high market on up from there. But at some point, you run out of time, right? You, you know, okay, even if you have 20 conversations a day, especially for someone like you, who's also managing a team, you're also right. then setting up meetings that you go to, there's drive time, there's the whole deal. So yep. when you get to a point where um, you start to nail that, right, and that's growing, and you get that sustained growth, and you can project that revenue, but then you're out of time, right? You're out of bandwidth. How do you take those principles? Are you training other people to do that? Or are you um, using other tactics? Like where does it go from there? So the explosion, the explosion in any business is when you've delighted enough people Mm. and they refer you, Mm. right? You know this. Yeah. So now all of a sudden we're in year five, right? In our example of great, I've been cold calling and building and building and now I've got a thousand person database with... Mm -hmm. 300 past clients. Yep. So now we are really starting to see our refer- referral and repeat business grow. Mm. Now all of a sudden, how, how happy are you when you're sitting there making your cold calls and the phone rings? Right. And someone says, come list my house. Right. Or, so that all of a sudden becomes a snowball that if you're going to grow, continue to grow your business, you won't ever stop the cold prospecting because mm-hmm. you still need to put new people into the pipeline. Sure. But wow, how powerful is it if, okay, 300 past clients and even just half of them referred you one person this year? Mm-hmm. You know, what business would hurt from 150, you know, warm, warm calls? Right. Right. That's where the, the engine and the snowball really kicks in. Right. And, you know, if that's the size of business you want, cool. Like some people just almost stop 
cold prospecting altogether. Right. They'll do two or three years of hard prospecting <laughs> yeah. and then just let it slowly uh-huh. um, mature. Yep. And we're, we're the believers in we're never going to stop that because it, it helps you uh, hedge, if you will. Yeah. If you have those skills and you'll always be able to use them in any market, right. you'll always have a pipeline of business. Mm-hmm. But it's just another engine. Now, all of a sudden, your database of who you already know, and they like you, they trust you, mm-hmm. now that's the real engine. So yeah. that's the explosion that we're seeing now, and we're really diving deep nice, into yeah. how do we talk to our current people even more and better, okay? Mm-hmm. How do we make it a true five-star experience so that they come out of the customer experience right. raving fans? Yeah. So that's really, like, we're loving that category right now, and it's more fun. I mean, I'll be honest, mm-hmm. like, cold calling's fun in a way, but right. how fun is it to, like... It's not fun to get a lot of no's, no matter yeah, who you are. I yeah. mean, you can push through it. It can be rewarding. Yeah. But it's not like, hey, I get nobody. It's I, a little mas- masochistic, like, yeah. I love the pain, and then yeah. there's one payoff. It's kind of like runner's high. Maybe there's a high yes. at the end, but during, it's not, not it's, super fun. You nailed it. I mean, it is. It's kind of like this endurance sport field. It's like, I'm going to go through all this pain. But no, it's so fun when you start working with people that know who you already know. And obviously, you've, you've hopefully worked with great people. That mm-hmm. you that you like working with, so they're going to know other people that you're probably going to like. Yeah, and that can become a really fruitful business, and then growing your sales team. I mean, mm-hmm. that's the obvious. You know, if I can have even just two people follow the same principles that I followed to build my business, right? They can build their own book. You know, within my organization, mm-hmm. you provide the support. Yep, and, we yeah. we cover everything. Clear the table. We cover everything administratively, so that their whole job is to just go make contacts and get on appointments. Hmm. Yep. Very cool. So then you're also now um, starting to explore some other areas of real estate. Uh, You invest a little bit. And then you're also doing um, some new development, at least exploring that area. How is that different? I mean, selling houses is, I guess, fairly straightforward, right? Mm -hmm. You find people wanting to sell a house, you connect them with the buyer, you know, help with the inspection and paperwork. Um, So talk about what you're doing and how you're leveraging your skills and maybe this newer area of real estate that you're getting into. Yeah, we're, we're starting to think about it more as like streams of income, mm-hmm. right? Like if you read any books on building wealth, okay, then what's the number? Like seven streams of income is... Right, the is average it, millionaire has seven, yeah, seven streams, yeah. Yeah, a goal. So like, cool, within your business, um, and this is probably true of other industries, right, is all of our industries are getting shaken up by whatever it is, technologies, right? Mm-hmm. Competition's getting more fierce. So... We're really looking to diversify our skills, diversify our team, who's on it, who can do what, so that, great, if something really shakes up this corner of our business, whether it's buying or selling, helping people buy and sell, then we have another stream going of, hey, we've got a new development you know, going in town that we've spearheaded, mm-hmm. and we have 50 listings you know, coming next year, uh, and we're the sole marketing agent. Nice. Yeah. Cool. Now we've got a whole portfolio of investor clients who are really interested in flipping homes or getting rentals to build their own wealth. That's a whole nother kind of uh, ball game hmm. in finding properties off market. Right. Right. So we're just, that's the other beauty of the team growth, right? Is like, I can't cover all that ground. Yeah. Now my, half my job, right. And half of our jobs as leaders of our business is to find the right who, right. right. Back to identifying the who. Right. But now it's, who for your organization? Right. Who can be the rock star in that category mm-hmm. that you can build a world such that they can come in and just do what they're great at 
Right. And you just facilitate it. Mm-hmm. Right. So it, I, before I was a, what I'd call true business owner, mm-hmm. I didn't really get what those business books said about, oh, your whole job becomes finding talent. Sure. I totally get it now. Like mm-hmm. once you've committed full on to success through and with others, mm-hmm. oh man, like you're always, your radar is up. Everybody you meet, right? Even if they're happy at their job, it's like, oh, you could be really good right. at this. You're looking you know? for talented people. You are, yeah. Yeah, because you you need that to scale. Going back to the leverage conversation, right? You have technology, you have capital, you have um, you know labor and people. I mean, and generally those are the big things that you have um, that can help you scale. And so leveraging each one of those to the maximum potential. Um, and it is a big shift, and it's one that I'm in the middle of making internally with Analytive. And you know, we're part of a couple of business groups, or one in particular. And this is what we see with a lot of companies. Some of them are very successful, doing millions or multi-million dollars a year. But it, it continues to hinge upon the ability of the leader to wear as many hats as possible, right? right? And you can build a business like that, and you certainly can. But burnout's common. Oh, you know, yeah. Exhaustion is common. Yep. Like frustration is common. Um, and as you know, for me growing the business and I know for you, it is, it's building the team and like, who can I trust to do this? Even if they could do it 80% as good as I can, can I train them? Can I build them up? Also looking at like, is it worth it to hire somebody more affordable and train them or do I hire an expert and like asking those kind of questions, which is what we're in the middle of right now is like, do we hire people internally and train them up in our systems and our processes or do we hire, you know, someone who has a lot of experience who is, I guess, more qualified, quote unquote. Um, But what would that look like? And yeah, those are, those are business owner questions that we have to address. It's, it's super fun. And it always comes back to, for me, like, okay, what is what is my highest and best use, mm. right? And if I know I'm not going to be the guy that can re-engineer our sales process, I've just, that's not how I'm wired. I could do it, right? but I could find somebody who could do it twice as good as me and twice as fast, mm-hmm. then I need to go find that person, right? right. Stay in my lane. Like, mm-hmm. I'm great at, okay, I can be the vision and I can be a lead salesperson for now. Mm-hmm. in this chapter of our business. And yeah. maybe you've identified, right, what's your top talent? Mm-hmm. If your top talent is operations and that 10,000-foot view, then great, you do that. Right. Find someone else who can biz develop or generate, lead generate. I, mm-hmm. So you really, it starts with you identifying, one, what are you great at? Right. And what's going to cause you to be excited to go to work every day? Right. Right? Like forcing yourself into a, your square peg in a round hole Mm-hmm. Every day, yeah, oh, man, burnout's going to happen. Yeah. When I use, I mean, one of the things that I've started to use internally just with my own, I guess, psychology is like an energy metric. Yep. You know, like what do I find throughout the day that I'm done and I just, you know, am pumped and ready to go? And what do I finish? And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I need to take a nap, <laughs> you know? And like do more of the things that get you really focused on, yeah. you know, or that build up that internal energy because yep. then I'm better at everything, Yep. right? If I spend, you know, four hours working on something and then I'm just exhausted, I'm not a good leader. I'm not a good visionary. Like I'm not good at any of those things. Whereas yep. if I'm out doing the things that I love, right, you know, I could do it eight, 10 hours a day and I still want to do more of it. Yep. Yeah, it's true. And that's like, again, back to the ego thing. You got to put it on the shelf. Mm-hmm. There, there, you may reach a point in your business. I mean, Gary Keller is a great example. I mean, Keller Williams is the biggest real estate company in the world now. Mm-hmm. He admits, hey, this company exploded when I got out of the way. Mm. I realized that I was the bottleneck. Yeah. You know, he was the CEO, the founder, and it was already a big company. It had already overtaken so much market share. But he said, you know what? 
this person's a better visionary, this person's a better this, this, this. Mm-hmm. Boom, we put somebody in, and I mean, we've it was like a skyrocket from that point on. He's still highly involved, but how genius, right? And how how selfless, right? Mm-hmm. He was just like, hey, I'm going to reach a point where I'm not the guy. Right. And I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. And we all have to reach that point probably. If we truly ever want to... I don't know, step out of our business. I mean, yeah. do we all, are we all building these businesses to work till we're 80? I mean, maybe, but mm-hmm. I'm looking for cool. If I could pull myself out as the Jenga block, right? Does the, does the house fall down? Right, right. I want it to keep standing, you know, and yeah. keep growing and be stronger. I mean, yes, I think that's yeah. like, that's the goal is that the business gets better when you go out, not, yeah. you know, because I'm at the point where, oh, I could remove myself from parts of the business, but that becomes weaker. It's like, there okay, you, that's not acceptable. There you go. So you shore right. those up. Yeah. But how do I, how do I get it to grow from there? So we got about just a couple minutes left. So anything else related to sales, any of the topics we talked about that I didn't ask or that I should have asked, any other uh, nuggets that you'd like to throw in there? Boy, I think just kind of reiterating what we hit on is selling and building true relationships and not going for closes. I mean, these are lost arts, Mm -hmm. right? They're starting to be lost and we're all getting a little caught up in the, you know, how do I create the best online flytrap or how do I create the best this, the best that when don't underestimate, even if you're a even if you work with your clientele remotely, mm-hmm. do not underestimate the power of, hey, let's have a Zoom call. Let's just catch up. Let's be real people in each other's lives right? for a long-term partnership, mm-hmm. right? Not transactional, not, oh, let's stay in the weeds on you know uh, what can return us the highest ROI. Just don't underestimate good old-fashioned conversations. Mm-hmm. Or in our case, okay, going out and knocking on doors or just getting with people um, because we're seeing it in our industry and maybe you guys are too. It's like the more techie and the more information things get, the more consciously and subconsciously consumers want and kind of crave that human. Mm-hmm. Hey, I know I can call Tyler or someone on Tyler's team. Right. You're not I, getting a help desk yeah, in Pakistan. And I know whatever. them. Yeah. And I know them. And Heck, they might remember like, hey, how was your trip last month? How mm-hmm. are the kids doing? Like, there's yeah. somebody in my life. Right. You know, so even even big businesses, even, even digital and remote, people are craving this. Mm-hmm. So get back to the basics of building great relationships. Uh, and again, like we talked, that referral explosion, I mean, it comes from real relationships. Mm-hmm. Right? It comes from, hey, I really know and trust these guys. You should call them. Right. Yeah, real relationships and delivery and quality. Yep. You know, other things that I find. So cool. Um, So if people want to get in touch with you, website, um, social media, what's the best way for them to do that? Yeah, we're easy to find. Mullenberg Team. Type it into Google. We're top of the page. We've got a website, mullenbergteam.com. We're on Facebook. Um, Beauty of being in real estate, I guess. We're super easy to find. Just type it in. Um, If any, any listeners are anywhere in the country, like I said, we can help answer questions and connect you with anybody all over the world. So uh, if you want a non-sales guy uh, advice in real estate, <laughs> right. just give us a holler. And and just business in general, I love chatting about it. Cool. Well, thanks, Chris. I appreciate your time. Thank you. It's been awesome.